0: Hi, and welcome. We're so excited that you chose to join us today. And we hope that this message will inspire you to live the life that God designed you to live. For this message or others like it, you can go to our website, or you can find us on our YouTube channel. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this message.
1: You know when a, a group of people gets together, like, doesn't matter where you are. It could be work, it could be school, it could be at a restaurant. When people get together, a certain uh, type of atmosphere is made, Um, and I believe that because we're here together today, um, there's been an atmosphere built, and I just, like, with the songs that we've been singing, there, I usually do this in worship, but this morning, I, I feel like it was more compelled for me to just take a deep breath, to just like, um, like you know, we all know the the foundations of the universe when God uh, created everything, and then everybody knows that He created us different as humans. He created us through breathing His own like breath into our lungs, and we just sang about how that is in our lungs. His breath, His His very own spirit is in our lungs, and. And so, like, in my busy schedule, when things aren't going right, or maybe I'm just thinking about my wildest dreams, I get caught up in the moment. Sometimes I just need to chill, and I need to take a deep breath, because that's, like, the foundation. And, and as a result of that, it like, I don't just say, oh, yeah, that was good, nice. I say, wow, that was good, and praise starts to leave my mouth, like words start to just form my atmosphere around me and and in this case it's like worship it's a group of people coming together in church worshiping and praising and that is a beautiful thing to the Lord and that is a beautiful thing to us too and so um as we're kind of moving along here to the next part of our our service just one more time take a Take a breath of this air, this fresh air of goodness of God. Just take a deep breath and hold it in and then let it out. And just let off your tongue, it could just be a whisper. Just say, thank you, God. I praise you, God. Thank you for your goodness in the good and the bad. Thank you for your life in me, God. Amen. So with that, uh, you can have a seat and say hi to someone. <laughs> So as you're sitting down, I have a quick announcement. Two things, actually. The first thing is, um, okay, three things, sorry. I'm Neil, the youth director. That's the first announcement. Second announcement is we have summer plans to have a youth camp. And so I'm just announcing it. I'm not giving the details. It'll be in our calendar, and uh, you'll see it later. But to put on your calendar, July 18th through the 21st. I know that everybody knows some youth that is just hanging around all day doing nothing in the summer. Um, so put that on your calendar. Um, that's the first announcement. That will be in the church bulletin and on our church calendar. Uh, but then the last thing that I want to say is that I'd like to try something different today. Um, and if you are a youth, ages 13 to 18 or 7th grade through uh, 12th grade, um, we're just going to hang out uh, I wish we could go outside, but we're going to hang out uh, in a different part of the church and have a little bit of a discussion. Um, it's something that we don't usually do, but I'd like to try it. Um, so basically this week it's you know it's just going to be talking about maybe something that Steve's been talking about or your summer plans. And so I just welcome any youth uh, ages, again, ages uh, 13 through 18, or if you're in seventh through 12th grade. You can join me in the back. Uh, We'll meet in the lobby as soon as I'm done with this announcement. So,
0: hope to see you there. Thank you. Praise God. God's good, amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, I want you, uh, we're going to receive our offering at this time. Can you take the boom out of my microphone, please? Um, So, if you're giving cash, would like a receipt, just have one of these ushers give you an offering envelope, put your hand up, it's um, so good to have Chuck and his family here, Chuck Everest. They, um, they lost their wonderful, Chuck lost his wonderful bride this week, Sally. Most of us know Sally. Uh, she went to heaven on Tuesday night. She's dancing up and down the streets of gold. And, uh, you know, someday we're all going to see her again. So that's, that's the awesome thing. But make sure you tell Chuck, just encourage him. And we're so glad that he's here this morning and uh, the family there. So glad to have you guys here and so sorry about your loss. Let's, um, let's pray over our offering. Lord, thank you that we can give. Thank you, Lord, so much for all your blessings to us. And we just pray that you will anoint this time that we have. Thank you that we are, uh, you've blessed us with so many things, Lord. We're just so grateful for that. We give back to you that which you have given to us in Jesus name. Amen. Go ahead, man. You know Tommy here has had something unusual happen. Uh, I don't know how long this has happened here, but years ago, there's kind of a sign that started to happen. This guy had his Bible. How many of you ever heard this? And the Bible actually leaks oil. Leaks oil. So why don't you tell us about it, Tommy?
2: It's kind of a cool story, actually, but you guys probably haven't heard a lot, but over two years, this Bible is just supernaturally leaking out this oil. They've even tested this oil, and it's in a substance not known to this earth, so that's pretty awesome, but my wife saw it on YouTube, so a few, or a couple weeks ago, we decided to go down there, and um, we were a little reluctant, because she's pretty close to popping here anytime soon. We stayed away from the bumpy gravel roads. But uh, what's cool, you know, I I could say all kinds of little stories of what happened on the way down there. But, you know, one for our son, you know, he's been struggling with a lot of things for a long time. And uh, he actually moved back in with us a few months ago. And he's been trying to just work with God to do something in his life. And he's gotten reconnected here with the church and, and with God for that matter. And when we decided to go a week after that, he got a call to, uh, to, get a, to have a job at this uh, dinner theater down in Tennessee. And that uh, the town is only two hours from Dalton, Georgia where this Bible is at. And it's, he was supposed to move in the same weekend we were deciding to go down there to see that, that Bible. So it, it just worked out because he was kind of nervous about the whole thing. So we actually, uh, we cruised down there and we, we went to the little gift shop which originally, a few years ago, the oil was actually coming out of the walls, and then it moved into this guy's Bible, and the interesting thing, too, is, I mean, it's been hundreds of gallons come out of there, and and the oil had different fragrances, and and then the oil, the fragrance left the oil and just started coming out of the Bible, so you could open up the Bible and smell different fragrances, but it's no longer in the oil, so it's just saying that, you know, God's word has just a, a real fragrance to it, but to go past that, you know, so we got to we got to go and see my son because we came through Tennessee the same time that he was moving in that day. And uh, so I was rubbing oil all over this place where he stayed at. That lady's going to be cleaning her house going, "What? where's this oil coming from? But I, I just think, you know, just things like that for me just kind of start to drum up a little faith. You know, my faith can kind of start riding a little low at times. But it just seems like when I see supernatural things, it just kind of, kind of brings that faith meter back up again. And, and I was kind of, when we were cruising back to the Smoky Mountains, I was just thinking about that oil and supernatural things, and I was just thinking about the church, and, and this word just kind of came up my spirit, desire. And I just felt that this God wanted, is going to release this, this power of desire in this church. So I just want to just ask the Lord to just release desire on this church. And not only just to release that, to activate this desire. In Jesus' name, we just thank you, Father, for desire. Amen. Amen.
0: You want to say something? You brought some? I gave it to Linda, so if you want to
2: come
0: for prayer, yes. And for $15? No, I'm just kidding. You know, it's kind of funny. Um, some people go, well, that's weird. I don't follow that very good. But we were in uh, Sri Lanka, where Mitch was here a couple weeks ago. And um, so they have had gold appearing, gold dust appearing. And um, and so they all, like, all these people that are very, very, very poor would come up to me and say, look at my teeth. And they would show their teeth that need to be fixed, and it was all the fillings were gold. So they... They supernaturally, I mean, it's just like it does something to your mind, you know, and then, um, so I always tease Mike, we were over there, and um, so this gold would would appear, I mean, I don't know, I mean, believe me, they they can't afford gold, I'll tell you that right now, but, um, so, um, it would come in little kernels, and um, so we had a little kernel of it there, and Mike was looking at it, and he's going, wow, gold, (laughs) and then it disappeared, (laughs) So I was giving Mike a hard time about that, that he was going, oh, gold, we could sell this. But anyway, so actually, Mary, I don't know, think Mary's here this morning. Not Mary Beardsley, is she here? She's in the back. I mean, sorry. Anyway, so she actually collected some. And so if you want to see it, you can see it afterwards. But it's pretty interesting. Um, God does things, signs, and it makes you wonder. Um, isn't that true? I know some people think, well, that's crazy. Well, I don't know, there's a lot of things that are crazy that God does that I don't totally understand. But also tonight, just to give you a little update, tonight at 5.30. So tell your neighbor at 5.30. 5.30, 530 we're going to have a worship night. Um, and so we're coming together. It's not like a typical service. We're not having a sermon. We'll have some exhortations, have some people share something God's put up on their heart. But um, it's basically a night... Uh, focus on worship so 5 30 tonight not 6 30 but 5 30 5 30 tonight we'll be here goes for about an hour and a half something like that and we'll be worshiping and sharing the word uh, you know not just kind of spontaneously and so are you guys uh all invited to that so if you have your bibles i want you to open them with me to second timothy chapter 3 i want to talk to you i titled this message i worship because we have iPads, iPhones, i this, so this is i worship, and uh, it's kind of a little play on words. But uh, last week I talked to you about worship, and uh, I t- I mentioned how that worship brings change uh, in our first in ourselves, but th- also in our situations. Worship brings change, and we all need change. And I used the story of the woman who had the demon possessed daughter. And she came to Jesus and Jesus didn't respond to him, wouldn't say, a, or wouldn't respond to her, didn't say a word to her. He just kept walking and that she was so annoying that the disciples said, send her away. She cries after us. And then Jesus said something. He said, I'm not sent to her. I'm sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel because she was a Canaanite woman. And she probably her daughter probably got demonized because she was involved in false religion. And so he didn't say a word to her. And he said, I'm not sent except to the lost sheep of house of Israel. And then it says that she she came and she worshipped him. And when she did that, he spoke to her. And he said, it's not good to give the children's bread to dogs, which, I mean, some people say he didn't call her a dog, but it sounds like he did. and um, And then... Uh, she said, yeah, but dogs get crumbs, which is a true statement. They do eat crumbs. And so he said to her, graze your faith, be it done to you as you believe. And so the devil left the daughter. But it's a very powerful story. But the key there, you can see that the change happened with, when worship started. All of a sudden, something changed. And I just want to talk to you a little bit more today about worship and talk about thanksgiving, praise, and worship; those three things. And so, I'm going to use those words interchangeably. But it's such an important truth. And uh, you know, we um, we live in a society that is pretty self-centered. If you, I mean, I think most of us would agree with that. Pretty self-focused. That's why some people say, well, that's why we call our phones iPhones, iPads, because we're pretty focused on self. And the Bible actually says that that in the last days, in Second Timothy chapter three, it says, "Know this: that in the last days perilous times will come, hard to deal with times will come." And then he says this: "For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemy, disobedient to parents, unthankful, and unholy." Notice that unthankful is mentioned there. And so when he says perilous times, it's hard to deal with times will come. And the primary reason why they come is because of that statement that men are lovers of themselves. Men become self absorbed, self focused. And because of that, perilous times set in. And, uh, but one of the other things that's mentioned there is being unthankful. And so it's not that, you know, uh, these things, uh, that, that perilous times bring on these things, but these things bring on perilous times, is what I'm trying to say. And so one of the greatest things that we can do to resist these perilous times is to learn to focus. And that's what, what's what worship does or Thanksgiving does is it causes us to focus on God and not on ourselves or our own situation. And that's a very important thing because worship has always been a big thing throughout history. When Satan came to Jesus in the temptation in the wilderness, one of the things that he said was if He showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And he said, if you fall down and worship me, all will be thine. That's the thing that he craved or wanted from Jesus. And so worship is something that Satan tries to get from us. Now, obviously, most of us would never worship the devil. I guess there are some people that do, but most of us would never do that. But what we can do is we can worship things, things instead of God. And so last week we talked about the great deception or the great lie. The great lie is that life can be found in people, places, or things. People, places, or things are all gifts of life, gifts that God gives, gifts of life, but they're not the source of life. They're not the source. Only Jesus is the source of life. You know, they do a lot of surveys because in in our Declaration of Independence, one of the things that it says in there is that, the pursuit of happiness. So, every, so all these people have done these surveys about what makes people happy. And uh, one of the things that most people think that make you happy is more money. Amen. I mean, that's, that's what most people think. If I just had more money, or if I just had more possessions, or if I just had more whatever, something, then I'd be happy. But they have found through surveys that those things don't make people happy. In fact, once your basic human needs are met, food, clothing, um, a place to stay, basic human needs, once those are met, more money and more possessions actually decreases happiness. That's a fact. Because one of the things about it is that we we weren't made to focus on those things. We were actually made to be a worshiper of God. And so it's so important for us to understand that. So some, some of us, and that's the big lie. The big lie is that if you had more money, you'd be happier. But, you know, they study all these, and you've heard, I probably said this, they study all these people that win the lottery, you know, they get $100 million or whatever, and they check with them a few years later, and they're usually miserable because a, this proof that money does not make you happier. More money does not create more happiness because we were created to focus our affection, our attention upon God and the things of God. And so so here, in both the Old and the New Testament, thanksgiving, praise, and worship are tied to amazing breakthroughs, are tied to amazing breakthroughs. And the the opposite is also true, that murmuring, negativity, and carnality are tied to bondage. And so you can read through the scriptures, and we won't take time to look at all these places, but you can read through the scriptures how things drastically change for people because of praise, thanksgiving, and worship. Ma- amazing things happen because of those three things. And I don't think that most of us are naturally, I'm not, I, should say, I should speak for me, I'm not naturally grateful. I'm not a naturally grateful person. I don't just wake up every morning and say, you know, praise God, this is awesome. I usually wake up, like this morning I was thinking about, I had a couple of aches and pains. The older you get, you have aches and pains, and I was thinking about the aches and pains that I have, and I was like, oh, this stinks, you know, this aches and pains thing. <laughs> and, and, and then I, this thought came to my mind about someone else that I know that's really going through a hard time, and I thought, wow, I'm really blessed, and so I actually, just a mental calculation, I just switched and began to thank God for my situation, my my, my position in life. And so uh, I don't think that we're naturally gra- a grateful people. In fact, uh, and so gratefulness is something, Thanksgiving is something that we have to cultivate. It's something you actually have to cultivate. You have to work at. And I think that you can work at, you can cultivate it. You know, it's hard to understand this, that people that live in the United States and in developed countries are less grateful than people that live in developing yeah, countries. That's right. I mean, that, it's 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 a thank you for that, amen. But but it's an amazing thing that people that live in like developing countries, like you know, a country like Vietnam or something, a developing country, a country that's not been developed but is in the process of developing, they're far more happier and thankful than people that live in the United States. In, or in uh, uh, developed countries, and and what this does tells us is probably because we have higher expectations, or it's it's a we, we have created a culture where we're not that grateful. We expect things that um, other people in other cultures don't expect. I mean, they they're just grateful for what they have. I mean, how many how many of us are grateful this morning that we drove here in a car that had heat and we got here in one piece? Isn't that wonderful? We weren't riding a horse. We weren't riding a buggy somewhere. Thank God. But we got here. And isn't that wonderful? It's awesome. And so this tells me that gratefulness is something that we must cultivate in us, in our attitude, and our perspective, how we see things. You know, the children of Israel, they lost their way in the wilderness for a number of reasons. And one is because of grumbling, murmuring, complaining. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and verse 10, it says, nor complain. This is Paul talking to us. Well, actually, he was talking to them, but he's talking also to us. He said, nor complain as some of them complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Complaining, grumbling, which is the opposite of being thankful. Sounds like, a you know, it's like murmuring. It sounds like a bunch of. Doves, you ever heard some doves cooing? It's kind of like that, that low rumble, murmur, you know, say like murmur. Let's all try that one more time because I know, I know you guys would never say that. But So let's try it right now. Say murmur, murmur. Kind of say it murmuring, murmur. It's that low rumble, like murmur. And it says they were complaining, they were grumbling, they were complaining. And so what happened was they, they lost their way in the wilderness In Exodus chapter 3 and verse 8, it tells us what God's intention for these people were. It says, I have come down to deliver them out of the land of the Egyptians and then bring them into the land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. Notice it says that God says, I have come down to deliver them out and to bring them in. And so what happened was God did come down he delivered them out, but he couldn't bring them in. Let's try that one more time. God came down, he delivered them out, but he couldn't bring them in. Because to bring them in, he had to get their cooperation. So God came down, he delivered them out, but he couldn't bring them in. because And one of the reasons was because they were murmuring, complaining. And so the idea there is God can't bring them in, or, and that's true with us, because Paul said these were things were written for our admonition. And so if we continue in their, if we follow in their steps as far as becoming uh, like complaining, murmuring, having that thing instead of thanksgiving, what it is, God came down in the person of Jesus Christ to deliver us out of sin and bondage, but he wants to bring us into the purposes and the good things of God, but he can't bring us in if we don't have a thankful heart. Does that make sense? And so, and when you think about them, I mean, they, you know, the, you say, well, they had a lot to complain about. I realized that they were on a continuous 40-year camping expedition. And we, we know we all love camping, but, um, but think other than the whole idea of camping out in the, under the stars, think, think, about, uh, think about all the things that God had done for them. God delivered them from Egypt. He delivered them from Pharaoh. He delivered them from slavery. He delivered them from being, I mean, their children being destroyed. He delivered them from the death angel. He delivered them. He spoiled the Egyptians and they came out with the the silver and gold of the Egyptians. He provided a shade, a cloud by day and a fire by night. So that means they had shade during the day in the wilderness and they had a, a pillar of fire by night to keep them warm. It says that their clothes didn't wear out. They had manna every day, which was some kind of a sweet bread. They had that every day. They had quail. Boy, this is amazing. Their shoes didn't wear out. They had the presence of God and they were part of the purposes of God. They had all those things that they could have focused on and been thankful for, but instead they murmured about something. They they focused on something that wasn't exactly right, How many know that in your life there are things that are not exactly right? I mean, there are times that you look at your life, you go, these these things are not exactly right. And, you know, you might always, it might always be that way. You might live your whole life and there might be things that are not exactly the way that you hope they would be or that you want them to be. But one thing's for sure, if you focus on those things, you are going to create a negative attitude and an unthankful attitude. And what will happen is God comes down, He brought you out, but he won't be able to bring you in. And God came down and He wants to, to, to take you out and he wants to bring you in. But it does take to have a grateful heart. And so thanksgiving is something that we must cultivate. because worship, because worship is the ultimate worship is impossible without thankfulness. Worship is impossible without thankfulness because thankfulness is where it starts. Worship is the destination. I remember one time I heard this, this example of worship. He said, my, it's like my dog, this guy was saying, it's like my dog, when I come home, my dog is always excited to see me. He says he comes running and he starts barking, he starts barking clamorously, and he, he runs around me barking. Roof, 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 roof. He jumps up on me, jumps off me, bark, runs around barking, barking. And then he, um, he'll, he'll come and connect with me and, and I'll pet him. And he's so excited. He's wiggling all over and he's so excited to see me. And then a little while later, he kind of settles down. I'll sit down in a chair and he'll come over and he'll just sit and look at me. <laughs> and Just stare at me. And if I move my hand, he looks at my hand and he looks back. And he said, that is a picture of, of thanksgiving, praise, and worship. Thanksgiving and praise is noisy. It's like when the dog is, you know, we're glad to see, he's glad to see me. He's running around, jumping, barking. Yay, you're here. <laughs> it's so exciting. Hey, I want you to know how much I appreciate that you came home. Wow, it's exciting. Yay, hey, yay. Hey, hey. And then when you sit down and the dog sits there and looks at you, he goes, that's a that's a picture of worship. He's awed by you. Amen. And we know you. You're not that awed. St- I'm just kidding. <laughs> but the dog doesn't know that. But anyway, so, um, but my point is, is that wor- uh, worship is the destination. Worship is where we come to our place where our heart and our, our soul is just enraptured by God and by his presence. I was feeling a little bit of that this morning. How are you guys doing? I mean, I was feeling like, I wish, I wish we wouldn't stop. I think we should keep going. I was feeling pr- pretty awestruck this morning by the presence of God. And so that's the destination of worship. The destination of worship is where our soul is captured and our, sh- our soul becomes enthralled in the very presence of God. And we're, all, that we, all that we are and all that we want to be is all wrapped up in His presence. That's what worship is all about. But thankfulness is where it starts. That's why the Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, then enter his courts with praise. It's kind of a progression where the soul actually ascends into the very presence of God. You know, in the book of Psalms, if you look at, we won't look at these verses because it's actually 15 chapters and we don't have that much time. In fact, my time is almost gone, and so I'm going to hurry real quickly, talk fast. But it, there's 15 chapters. It's called the Songs of Ascent. Sending Ascent. Up. And so what they say is that these the Israelites, when they came to Jerusalem three times a year to present themselves before God, is that they would sing these psalms along the way. And so the psalms, they start out, and Psalms 120, and as they went along, there's de mark, mark how do you say that de- points, de- demarcation points along the way, and so they'd get to these points and they'd switch to a different psalm, and the last psalm is they co- actually come to the presence of God where the temple of God is, and they greet those that sit and watch at the temple of God, guard the very presence of God. And so it was a but but the purpose of the Psalms was that your soul would ascend into God. And that's what that's what thanksgiving, praise, and worship is, is the ascending of our soul into God. Into the presence of of God, the things of God. But it starts with thanksgiving. And so thanksgiving is something that we cultivate. So here's the thing: if you're not thankful, you'll never worship. If you're not thankful, you'll never worship. You'll never get to the point where you worship. Amen. That's really an important point. So thankfulness is the starting point, the beginning of the soul's ascent into God's presence. So if you can't develop that, there, there's no way of entering in. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, it says, Therefore, just as you received Christ Jesus the Lord... Continue to live your life in him, rooted and built up in him, firm in your faith, just as you were taught, overflowing or abounding with thankfulness. So how did you receive Christ Jesus the Lord? You received Christ by grace through faith. Receive Christ by grace through faith. He said, as you have received him, continue in him. Now what's interesting about that is, and then he says, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So in other words, we increase grace, our grace increases by thanksgiving. People that are unthankful cannot experience grace. People that are unthankful cannot experience grace. People that are thankful experience grace. They abound in grace. In fact, it's interesting. You've heard me say this. Let me say it again for those that have heard it. But there are several words in foreign languages when they use the word thankful. Thankful, it's the, it's the Greek word for, for grace, charis. Like grazie, grazie. Is that how you say it in Italian? Grazie, grazie. That's the word grace, grazie. Or what's the Spanish word? Gracia. it's the word grace. Because they had an understanding, they had an understanding that grace and thankfulness are the same thing. So when you're thankful, you're actually Your grace, grace increases. And so people that listen, people that are not thankful, Christians that aren't thankful cannot experience grace. That's why grace, that's why thankfulness is so important. And listen, there are so many things to be unthankful for. I mean, how many know that's true? But there's also so many things to be thankful for. And so it depends on your focus. You don't want to be a murmurer, right? Look at your neighbor and ask, you're not one of those murmur. (laughs) So you can't experience God's grace without being thankful. And listen, the more thankful you are, the more grace you experience. I saw that from the scriptures. It says abounding or increasing there with thankfulness. I thought, this buddy, this boy's got to become more thankful. And I don't know if it's my personality, but I, I walk into a room and I'll see what's wrong. I'll say, that's wrong, that's wrong. Do you guys do that? Or do you guys, uh, I mean, I'm not like a very good, I'm not, I wouldn't make a terrible Pollyanna. You know what a Pollyanna is? They see the good in everything. I, I, I just like, I have to work at seeing the good in everything. Guys, I see the bad in it. I don't know why, but I go, you know, some you will talk about the good. I'll say, yeah, but, uh, you know, this is wrong. And so that grumb, that's kind of grumbling and complaining. I'm not saying you can't correct things that are wrong, but listen, you, sh- there, you should be overwhelmingly grateful and thankful for what, you- because really what it is, it's kind of a complaint against God. You didn't do very good. You're not really a very good father because of this lot I have in life. But the truth is that God has given us so many good things to enjoy. Amen? Amen. So you cannot experience God's, grace without being thankful. And so Thanksgiving is the beginning or the way that we access the things of God. And what you see is you see Thanksgiving offered oftentimes before a miracle or an answer to prayer. Remember the feeding of the 5,000? We won't take time to look at this, but in John chapter 6, here Jesus has 5,000 men there besides women and children And he says, what do we have? They said, five loaves, two fishes. And so he says, bring it to me. And it says that he took, he took clearly what was not enough. This is not enough for this amount of people. But he thanked God for not enough. For that which was not enough. He thanked God. It says he gave thanks. Isn't that powerful? He gave thanks and then he began to break it and give it to the disciples. The disciples... And they fed all 5,000 men besides women and children. And then they collected 12 basketfuls left over. He thanked, he thanked God for what was not enough. Instead of going, well, this is not enough. I mean, have you ever done that? You thank God for not enough? I mean, who, is, who does these things? I mean, who, who said, well, this is not enough. Or my lot in life isn't that great. Who thanks God for that which is not enough? Jesus does. And so, when he starts thanking God for that which is not enough, it becomes what? More than enough. When you're truly grateful for that which is not enough, it can become more than enough. In fact, this is such a powerful point that later, when John talks about something totally different, he says, They came back to the place where the Lord fed the 5,000 after, and he mentions, after he had given thanks. He highlights the fact that this all came about after he had given thanks. We also have the story of of the raising of Lazarus from the dead. And you know, it says when Jesus got to the tomb, Lazarus been dead for four days. You You know what Jesus does? He goes, Lord, thank you that you always hear me. Who does that? We want to wait and see if something happens before we say thank you. He said it before. Jesus blessed the the bread and the fish before they were multiplied. He stood at the tomb of Lazarus before and said thank you before Lazarus came out. So there's an important thing. That's why it says in Philippians, it says, it says, be careful or don't worry or have anxiety about anything, but in everything, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. When, when do you give the with the thanksgiving? When does that come in? When you pray, before you see anything. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. With thanksgiving. Because in faith, what we do, we do it ahead of time. Does that make sense? I want to give you one last point, and then we're going to close. Can you take one more point? Okay, can you all take one more point? Okay, good. So here's a good, here's a good passage of Scripture. It's found in John chapter 4, where Jesus is talking to a woman at the well. And the woman, they're talking about where's the right place to worship. And Jesus makes a statement. He says to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, now listen to this, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So first of all, it tells you that God is seeking worshipers. That's, That's a powerful point. God is seeking worshipers. The second thing is the type of worship that is going to take place in the future is going to be worship that's in, that's in spirit and in truth. In spirit is talking about the place or the dimension or the level of the worship. It's going to be in spirit. It's not going to just be some external thing, but it's actually going to be your spirit communing with God's spirit because you're going to have a new spirit. When you get born again, you're going to have a new spirit. And then he says, in truth, some people say, well, that means insincerity, but actually in truth, it means in new covenant truth. Because when you go to the book of Revelation and it describes the scene around the throne, here's what it says. It says, the, it talks about all these people from every tribe, tongue, and nation worshiping, and what it says, here's what they say, worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, and glory, and blessing. See, there's a lot of songs, if you ever think about this, there's a lot of songs that really aren't New Covenant songs. They're not really New Covenant truths, because he said, worship the Father in spirit and in truth. They're not really new covenant because they don't focus in on redemption and what Jesus did for us. They're kind of like Old Testament theology that's kind of filtered filtered in and it's not really based on New Testament theology. When he said in spirit and in truth, the truth is what Jesus did for us 2000 years ago. And so then when you get to roll back the curtain and you look into heaven, what are they worshiping? What is the what are they their worship is centered around what Jesus did. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power. Every creature which is in heaven and earth and under the earth as such are in the sea and all that are in them. I heard saying blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. See, we have access because of what Jesus did for us 2,000 years ago. We have access because of the blood of Christ. We have access because he made us kings and priests unto God. We have access because of the redemptive work of Christ. And something has opened up and changed in our lives. Amen? And so worship is something that is so powerful that causes such a change to take place in our lives. We are transformed by the thing that we look at, the thing that we worship, we're transformed by it. Let's all stand together. Let's have the worship team come up here. I, was, I, was, I thought this point about worshiping and saying worthy is the lamb. I thought this was such a powerful point when he said worship in spirit and in truth. And then our last song this morning, I didn't tell them what I was going to preach on, but our last song was a song about Worthy is the Lamb. So let me just give you one last chance before we conclude here this morning. Let's just give you one last chance to sing and just to worship. Amen? Amen. Remember that tonight at 5.30 we have a worship night. But let's sing one more song before we go.
3: thirst again And all that I ever wanted My heart has found in you Sing, I have tasted And I have tasted life And nothing satisfies Like you do. Oh, you're the fount that won't run dry, and nothing satisfies. Oh, like you do. I want And I want All that you offer In your Living water Drink from The endless Well And I will Sit at your Table Forever Grateful Forever And I have tasted life And nothing satisfies Like you do Oh, you're the found that won't run dry Oh, nothing satisfies Like you do. Like you do, and you're the fount that
0: won't
3: run dry, and nothing satisfies. Oh, like you do, let's sing all my fountains. Cause all my fountains are No In life, and nothing satisfies like you do. You'll have found that won't run dry, and nothing
0: satisfies me like you do. Give God some audible praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. Hallelujah. We thank you, God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, God's good. Amen. So, I want to give you the opportunity if you need prayer, we're going to just open up the altars here. We've got some altar counselors that will pray for you. They should come right now, the altar counselors. Need prayer for anything like physical, mental, emotional, spiritual? They'd be glad to pray for you. We have some fellowship in the back. Remember, at 5.30, 5.30, right? 5.30 this afternoon, we have worship night. So please join us again. God bless you all. You're free to go.